Craft Beer Radio, episode 232, December 20th, 2012. Buying things, can't afford them. Monthly bills, I just ignored them. I'm drinking fine wine, did two chicks at one time. The minds say the world is gonna end. Told the boss. I am Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. And we are doing... We're recording a show that's never going to get posted. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is Jeff's birthday show slash pre-Christmas show slash pre-solstice show slash pre-end of the world show. And to do that, we have a couple of uh, high-gravity beers to bring us along. Let's start with this Inibru Grand Reserve. All right, I actually have to look this up because I didn't. I forgot to look it up before we started. So give me a second. Um, I'm trying to remember how to say seventeen in French, but I don't recall how to say seventeen in French. Uh, I don't know. Un, deux, trois, quatre, quatre, cinq, sept. Yeah, that's kind of where I. Or I lose it. I, I can... Tight cork. Diecisiete is 17. That sounds Spanish. That, yeah, it's in, in oh, Spanish. Spanish. Okay. But Unibrew is not a Spanish brewery. It's a French-Canadian brewery. And Okay, so this is uh, an extra strong dark ale. At 10% alcohol by volume. This is going to be interesting. The top of the champagne cork broke off. So now I'm using the wine opener. Come on out. And he's hoping it doesn't super pop when it comes out. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of worried about here. Because it's Cajun corked. And... Huh. That was very (laughs) anticlimactic. SRMs are 32, which means it should be pretty dang dark. Uh, Well, not quite super dark, though. Maybe more along the lines of uh, tannish brown. So we have here IBUs of 35. And any other information that they have for me that's not marketing speak and or just telling me what it's supposed to taste like? No. Well, that's disappointing. I like to have more information than just... Expect this kind of flavor. But uh, I would say it's got a dark, woody, kind of mahogany color. And it has about a finger and a half worth of a nice fluffy head. Source brewed in 2007 for their 17th anniversary. However, the overwhelming success made this specialty, or success of the specialty brew, made it obvious that we could not let it such an yeah, cannot let such a great ale slip into anonymity. It smells kind of Flandersy. Is this um, made with wild yeast? Because it has this, uh, a a very uh, a wildest smell. It's French oak aged. I don't know if you said that. No. Um, best before twelve twelve twenty sixteen. It's supposed to be a numbered bottle, I think. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, well, must have been a big run. This is 2011-167180. Okay. 
So here's some interesting, interesting things because normally I, I I talk about you know Final Gravity, I talk about uh, the hops, I talk about the yeast, I talk about the malt. This gives us the bubbles, fine, comma moderate, effervescence, sustained, aftertaste, pleasantly lingers on. I don't know what those mean. <laughs> those are not objective. but that definitely smells wild it smells like it's either got maybe lactobacillus or um maybe it doesn't smell too funky for me no it's not it's not super funky It, it's just, but it smells I mean, like I, I'm. I'm suspecting there's going to be some sourness associated. Some with Some of this. the other big Unibrew beers, you know, they're very earthy, very very earthy. The house yeast gives them that that kind of character. So, um, I, I think I'm smelling most of that, and not so much, you know, any kind of wildness or funk. But you know, when we get in the flavor, we'll see. But it doesn't really smell too. Hmm. I mean, you no. Know, um, what if? What if they used fresh oak barrels? Right? That's that smells kinda of like a fresh wood, doesn't it? A little bit, but Well, I mean we we'll see when we taste, but doesn't doesn't have like a PDO smell, it doesn't have a um what's the other one I'm thinking of, the bacteria. Bacteria? Brevaniases. That's that's a Bretza yeast. Yeah, yeast, but Octobacillus. Yeah. You got Pediococcus. I think it smells sort of lacto, but we'll see. Not sour. No, it's oaky, though. Yes. And it does kind of have that green, sappy, resiny type character to it. So it seems like it's like fresh wine barrels. They put it in. There's kind of a pininess mm-hmm. there. There's, yeah, like Jeff said, sort of a resiny thing. There's uh, kind of a nutmeg aftertaste, and and kind of a, a strong cinnamon bite to it that comes from the oak. Yeah, I'd say you were kind of on 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 where the, the aroma was coming from, and I was just mm-hmm. thrown into a, into a weird area. That's okay. No, this is really good. I mean, that's the first thing you notice when you drink it is that how the, how the woodiness is kind of greener than what you normally experience yeah, yeah. in in oaked beers. Um, I'd be careful calling it pine because I mean, pine is such a it's just the resiny factor that well, I sure. think brings up the pine to me. But no, it's it's not minty, sort of like pine can be. It doesn't well, have I mean, that herbal also, quality. Also, like pine sap is like a thick, heavy, yucky. Type type flavor, you know. People think, oh, pine, pine might be overwhelming, but this is French oak, you know. So this is a little more um, a lighter sap, not as heavy, not as resiny. There's a bit of of pine in there. There, um, there's a bit of well, there's a bit of tree in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and so I guess that it, it's that sort of what's the distinction between oak and pine when it gets down to it? I mean, there's obviously a big distinction between them, but they're still, they're well, still there's a reason trees. they don't age beer in pine <laughs> casks. <laughs> but they, 
but they do sort of age like gruets with pine cones and stuff like that, right? So there is so pine can be used. <laughs> How popular are those? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a reason they don't flavor wine with lead anymore. <laughs> well, I don't think it's because of the flavor. <laughs> I think it's because it I, makes, I, I just heard a makes thing. your brain go. I heard a thing recently. It was on NPR on the way home. I forget which story it was. I didn't hear the story. I just heard the teaser. But they're talking about from history of fermented beverages and how, you know, wine used, like Greek times. Yeah, it was Greek times. Wine didn't taste good. They used things like marble dust and lead to improve the flavor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't have quality controls yeah. like they do now. They, they didn't have... I mean, you know, you think about how careful we are when we did our our brewing process to get Mm -hmm. only the yeast we wanted in there and none of the other bacteria and stuff like that and think about how this would taste if if this did have pdo or if this did have Mm -hmm. no i hear you i hear you i was just mentioning that you know certain ingredients were used because they were better than the product where you know if they ever used pine trees or pine cone i mean pine just puts out so much not very good tasting sap and you know yeah yeah you know we're like you know maple puts out great tasting sap and oak is a, a positive flavor you know so it can be it can be overwhelming too speaking of npr and news stories you mentioned on twitter like a week or so ago that there was a west Flutterin npr story that you said you were oh. going to catch up on i was wondering if there's anything well, interesting so there was the I mean, we didn't cover the news, but I mean, uh, I don't know if you haven't been reading the beer media or, you know, even the day of the release. So West Flutterin needed a new roof. So they did a one-time distribution of Westie 12 to the United States. Huh. And that was, the, the Westie day was, um, same as Vertical Epic Day. It was on 12-12. I think it was 12, I think it was the same day, yeah. Or it was the day after, one or the other. But they had a story on NPR about the the West Flutter, and I only caught the tail end. Actually, I never did go to listen to the whole story. Uh, I know most of the story anyway. It's just neat hearing you know beer coverage on on the radio sure. like that. Uh, yeah, so they uh, through um, Shelton Brothers, they had a no Westie Twelve came to Pennsylvania. Mm. Apparently, it was being sold at a Piggly Wiggly in Alabama, but none came to Pennsylvania. Well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I mean, we've, we've had our share of Westie Twelve. It's not like we've been we have never had it before. So it's so the and and while I would say it's a fantastic beer, and if you can't get your hands on it, do there are better beers? Yeah, I mean, there probably are. I mean, it's it's good. It's really it can be really good. It also can be mediocre. Yeah, you can't overpay for it. Um, you know, if it's treated poorly, it, it will. It can taste like crap. You, you know, we've had it twice on the show. One time we thought it was really good. The second time we were a little let down by I think it. we had it three times. Maybe twice three times. we had thought it, we thought it was really good. And then yeah. the third time we were like... Because we, cause I think we, we had a talk with Dan Shelton. And he was yeah, like... I was going to mention there's an interview you can find with Dan Shelton. And he says their consistency is really all over the place. Yeah. This is before he was selling Westie 12. Yes. One time only in the United States. Then he So then he was a little more candid about his mm-hmm. opinions, I'm sure. Today, he might give you a different answer. But maybe not. No, and, and, and I think it's, you know, it, it, a good beer gone bad, it happens. 
Mm-hmm. And so sometimes a, a really good beer, you'll, you'll pay a lot for it, and it just will you'll, – you'll have to throw it out, and you'll have to curse yourself that's, for buying a bad that's beer. That's the problem when you know a brewery that you really like or you really want to try – is not run by capitalists. <laughs> it's run by monks who don't care about getting you the beer or making large money. They just want to subsist, you know, make make their subsistence, you know. Right, but then you have the other the opposite problem which is that when you have a beer that, you know, is completely run by capitalists, you get something like Budweiser and, and yeah, you lose yeah. all the no, Absolutely, you're right. You lose all the incentive to try new things and try interesting things. So, so I'm, I'm sure the 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 Saint Sixtus monks had uh know sold out their one-time release and hopefully they get a new roof and hopefully someday greg and i make it out to their uh, monastery yeah to wait until your kids are like 10 and 12 right i mean at, at least yeah yeah but hopefully you send them off to summer camp and then we can find it there you go hopefully sometime uh, greg and i can tour europe that'd be cool that'd I'd, be i'd be totally so into that. cool so, Unabrew, Grand Reserve 17. We only talked about the wood. We didn't really talk about the rest of the beer at all. And a little bit more. Yeah, I think I'm going to have some more, too. I drank my uh, initial sample, but it's a birthday show. This is one of the best Unabrew beers I've had. This mm. is really good. Yeah, you don't really get much of that Unibrew kind of house flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, the the flavors are, are, are nice and, and concentrated with, without... Without it being, I think it does still stay say Unibrew, tasting it. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's dry. It doesn't have an Abbey sweetness to it. It doesn't have you know. I think it still has. It still has a lot of those signature Unibrew. Well, it says French. I don't know whether it necessarily says Unibrew. Uh, it 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 does stay more into a French style. You know, it's it it sticks. You know, it's a stronger than it says on. Obviously, mm-hmm. but it. But it says French to me. I, I, you know, I really don't know. This is why we need to tour Europe. I don't know the different French, Belgio regions all that well, mm-hmm. and like what characteristics are from what, you know, like. Um, but you know, it, it kind of you, when you said it, it seems French. You got something there. I, I can't speak too accurately towards towards it, but other than like, you know, there's a bit of a beer de garde. Yeah, or, or something yep. in there. There's a little bit of those French beers, or the um, what's that region of? Oh, I'm drawing a blank right now. There's a region of Belgium right near France. It's um, I don't know. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. People are yelling at the radio right now. Wallonia, I, you know, you know, but I don't know enough about Wallonian beers to say whether oh, this has a Wallonian character. I mm. wish, I wish I did. I really wish I did know that well enough to say something like that. Well, it says French oak, so the question is, is that oak from France or a particular type of oak? It's um, oak trees from France. American oak is different than French oak, especially when it comes to barrels and stuff. But could they take French oak trees and plant them in America and get the same kind of style? That's a good question. I never looked into the species of oak tree. Right. I mean, is it sort of is barrels. it like onions? Where Vidalia onions, they come from the Vidalia area in Georgia, and that happens to be very low low sulfur it soil, and that's thing. why it, it could be a terroir thing. I mean, maybe it's white oak. Was maybe white oak is white oak, yeah. right? And American oak is different than French oak, 
or maybe the French oak trees are different. Again, I've never seen an oak tree in France, so I don't know. <laughs> I like to see a beer beer with poison oak. See how well that sells. It'd be hard to make a barrel out of poison oak. It'd be hard to handle. Well, they're not trees, they're just vines, right? So Yeah. It'd be but more like a basket. With with with, <laughs> with modern with modern chemical technologies, I'm sure you can make something. Particle board barrels. Right. <laughs> Okay, we're getting a little too rambly. Let's get back to the beer. So uh, let, I, let's talk. I, I'm going to focus on this beer. The beer. And not ramble. So it it's it's a dark Belgian strong. So it it has a little bit of a quad character. But like I said, it doesn't have that normal Abbey sweetness. It's much drier. Right. It uh, So it doesn't taste like a double or a quad. It's, it's drier than that. If you compare it to some of the other dark... Unibrews, though, there's more malt. There is more sweetness to some of the other dark Unibrews. Like, um, uh, I think uh, Trois Pistoles right, mm, okay, is, is right, a dark one. Right? Right. That one's a lot earthier. This one has more sweetness to it, you know? Um, I'm trying to pick out the individual flavors here, and I'm getting some kind of, some kind of like Fuji apple mixed with grape. There's... Even a, a a weird hmm. apples, yeah. Fuji apples good. Grape juice is, is is good. You know, like a like a you know purple grape juice, just a little touch of that. There's something else. There's a good malt, but it doesn't taste bready. It doesn't taste crusty. It is those fruity flavors is the main thing you're getting, and and not so much dried fruit. It's kind of fresh apples, and yes. fresh grape juice yeah. too. That's why I bring up the Fuji apple because it's kind of it's not you know it's it's not a tart apple, it's not kind of a red delicious. It has a yeah. I mean, I mention it because typically strong dark Belgian, we're running through the um, the dark fruit, the, the dried plums. the dried fruit you know aisle of the grocery yes. store, and this is not this is more of a fresh fruit character. There's a slight, maybe, uh, maybe blueberry character to it. There's something there. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either you're imparting some crazy, you know, peer pressure on me, or you're nailing it because yeah, there's. It's almost the very beginning of a biting into a blueberry. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of that acidity and sort it's of yeasty outside the blueberry. Yeasty outside. It's not so much the sweet blueberries right. or the sweet side of it. I love what you know. Actually, I like when I manage to get blueberries in the fridge that dry out before they get moldy. Because it concentrates the sweetness so right, much. Yeah. Those little, some like why doesn't Ocean Spray make dried blueberries? I, someone has, someone does, I'm sure. But you know they should make craisin blueberries. They're so good. <laughs> My guess is that it's expensive. Yeah, well, probably. Yeah, I mean blueberries are pretty expensive in terms of what you get. Yeah, most of them, they dry down, they get really small. Yeah, but I, you know, it's happened in my fridge a few times. And I mean cranberries, they're they're like. I went to the uh, the supermarket and there's a whole like bog of them. There's a little bog you can pull up and and <laughs> fancy and a whole bunch of them. Yeah. You, but yes, but still. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean the yeah the blueberries are these tiny little you know rat dropping size things, but oh they're so sweet and condensed flavor. They're so good. Blueberry raisins, if you've never tried them. Yeah, this is the uh, best Unibrew beer I've ever had. This is fantastic. It's pretty good. I wonder what the spices they use on here. Because they say it's brewed with spices. I got to think nutmeg's one of them. Because I can... 
I can taste it. But that, it's but, not, but you also get that from oak, so I'm yeah, just not. It's not strongly spiced. I mean, yeah. it's just a little helper, uh, and that makes a good pick. What else could there be in there? I don't know. I'm just gonna drink this last sip and move on to the next beer mm. since we spent 20 minutes on the first beer. It's the end of the world, Jeff. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I, I can do better. <laughs> I have a no REM rule. <laughs> I didn't do the fancy flip. I did it manually no. open the butterfly opener. If you haven't listened to the pre-show, I bought a butterfly knife, but it's not a knife. It's a bottle opener. It's a bottle opener. It's a butterfly bottle opener. Because it just it looked too cool not to buy. It... <laughs> Yes, it's pretty cool. Got it from Think Geek, you said. Yeah, that. it's got a good weight to it, too. All right, so we're going to stay kind of Belgian, but this is kind of a bastardized Belgian. This is the Hoppin' Frog Sweet Evil BBW. They call this a Belgian-style barley wine. 8.8 ABV. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not much on their website. Um... Fermented with both British and Belgian yeast to create a memorable smoothness for the Belgian-style barley wine-style ale. Is this Naked Evil? No, no, that's in my fridge still. This is uh, Sweet Evil. Hmm. Yeah, I see Naked Evil on their site. I do not see Sweet Evil. Yeah, I mean, these may be very limited. This was picked up at the brewery in the little beer fridge at the brewery. Oh. Um... You know, I probably paid like $23 for that bottle of beer right there. Wow. So, at the brewery. You know, not like at some double marked up retail joint. Hmm. We do also have Naked Evil, where if we want to uh, extend the show, that's an option. And we may. Ooh, that smells like a barley wine. Oh, yeah, I'm doing the barley wine dance. They say in on Rate Beer, it's fermented with both British and Belgian yeasts. I already said that. That's a thick, gooey-smelling beer, isn't it? <laughs> it just smells like concentrate. It is it smells like uh, concentrate, malt extract, and cherries. It smells like donut glaze. Donut glaze. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's a touch touch of booziness in the aroma, mm-hmm. but not too much. It's not very hop. There's a touch there, so you know it's a it's a it's a bourbony uh, yes. donut glaze. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hmm. Oh man, there's a lot going on in there. There is. That nose, the aroma on this one. Now now it's shifting more to barley than just Sugar. Yeah. That that aroma is wild. Hmm. I wish everyone could smell that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hoppin' Frog Sweet Evil. So maybe like a, a chocolate glaze. <laughs> it's not too there's no cocoa in right. the aroma. It's um it is But like, I I doubt there's cocoa in the stuff they put on the donuts. <laughs> I mean. Well, right. But it's, you know, they, they they made their mash, you know. Imagine this super 
you know, high gravity mash, you know, like home only 8.8%. So it's not a huge barley wine. It's not like 11 or 12. That that is kind of crazy that it's not a huge barley wine with such a condensed flate aroma. Yeah. Uh, it smells like, you know, the home brewers that do the, the one, you know, the 1.2, you know, OG type, type barley wines and boil it for 15 hours, you know. I mean. Well, this is an OG 28.2 plate, they say, on the bottle, and 48 IBUs. So, so I would imagine 48 <clears throat> sounds about right for, for a pretty high malty beer, to, just to get it balanced. I don't expect this to be particularly hoppy, even with 48. Hmm. Google Calculator needs to add some brewing formulations to theirs. I did 28 Play-Doh in, in specific gravity, and it didn't give me the calculator answer. Mm. Come on, Google. Get some beer geeks working on Google Calculator. 1.120. That, that's, that's a big... That's a big... Um, yeah. Big beer. Like, gravity-wise. Uh, homebrewers would be like... I mean, it's it's not unheard of. You know, like, 1.2, it's kind of unheard of. Like... But doing a 1.12, it's big, but, like, the biggest beer I've ever made is probably, like, a 1.08, you know? But this is Hop and a Frog. It's not a home brewer. I mean, this is... Sure. No, absolutely. It's kind of crazy that it's only 8.8 at 1.12, but maybe it it has a lot of residual sweetness. We haven't tasted this beer yet. I think we should... No. Put some in our mouths. (laughs) Interesting way to put it. That's fascinating. There's a lot of hoppiness there. Bitterness. It It's a good balance, but I was not expecting... I was expecting a really sweet beer. And they have a, a big punch of bitterness in there. Yeah, I thought 48 would balance it pretty well, but I didn't expect it to be kind of juicy. I didn't expect the hops to come through with, with a... with a fresh plummy character. Yeah, yeah, plum. Hmm. Well, the plum—that's weird. Yeah, I mean, the plum—you know—isn't really straight hops. That's that's the hops. The citrus is the hops, you know, from the plum. But the the plum plum part is you know is from, from malt, yeah. malt. Yeah. But it's combining to make this this mm-hmm. this flavor. Yeah. It is sweet. Second sip. Just starting to feel it on the back of my palate. Yes, it's 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 heavy. It's it's not well attenuate, attenuated. It's um, small small taste here will do you. I think I can feel the insulin response in my body. <laughs> I think that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like sweet, mm-hmm. very sweet. Yeah, there's kind of a oh, you're eating cocoa crispies type reaction your body has or frosted flakes right it's like oh sugar with sugar on it okay Hmm. so in terms of of flavors it it still falls in the range of, of various fruits there may be a little bit of pomegranate here there's Something somewhat reminiscent of pineapple, but not yeah, quite. I was gonna say there's a touch of pineapple, but you know, only a you know, 10%, a fleeting, yeah, five to ten percent pineapple in there. 
I don't know. A few maybe more even si- kiwi. Try to think kiwi. Oh, yeah, maybe. I was thinking, like, you know, after a second sip, I'm like, oh, cloying. Too sweet. Not be able to drink too much of this. It's starting to balance out a little bit. I'm getting a little more tolerant to the sweetness. Um, The flavor is not as engaging as the aroma. The aroma had us, right? The aroma's like, oh my god, best beer ever. No, I don't know if the aroma was like best beer ever, but the aroma was certainly very enticing. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, it was really interesting. I was like, I can't wait to taste this. And now but a glazed it, donut is an enticing aroma, and then when you eat it, you're like, oof, because you feel all that sugar. Yeah. And I think the same thing is happening with this beer. Yeah, it it's be. it's uh it's just it it hits your tongue and your body, and your body starts to react to it, and you have this, especially since we just came from not quite nearly as sweet a, a beer. Yeah, it's pretty dry compared to yeah. And so we're going from one to the other, and the sweetness is is catching our body sort of off guard and is causing all these little responses that make us almost want to sort of push it away. Ooh, that's too sweet. And I think if you're on a sweet flight, it would be a little bit of a different story. You know, I'm starting to get a little tuned into this thing. It's not as objectionable, though. The the hoppiness is is faded. It doesn't seem like a hoppy beer now, after a few sips. Mm-hmm. The cloyingness is gone. I'm not like oh too sweet. I'm not getting that anymore. A little bit. Still it's hungry. still sweet, but I'm not getting oh too sweet. Uh, it's a. Uh, I'm starting to feel it though. You know, extra, this, it's been a while since I've said it, but this might be one of those ones that's not worth the sobriety. Yeah, extra ripe banana. There's a lot of flavors for sure. Mm. A really mushy ripe banana. <laughs> doesn't make much sense, but the yeah, it's just a texture because it, it it has kind of when when you're in barley wines, you sort of get a quasi slimy texture. It's it's really the it, it's the, it's gravity. Yes, yeah, the gravity. The, it, it's viscosity. Yeah, but but because it's so sweet. Th- that combines to give it sort of this this weirdly unsticky flavor. Yeah. Um, pear. I got a lot of pear the last mm. sip. Yeah, I'll finish the last sip I have, but uh, I, I don't think I need more of that one. You probably don't want to try the Naked Evil then, huh? Mm, probably not. Okay. Then we will go on to the next beer. This is a beer I have not had, just like the last one, but I've heard about it. This is Doris the Destroyer. So, Hoppin' Frog makes Boris the Crusher. Right. Boris is an acronym for the Bodaciously Outrageous Russian Imperial Stout. It wins medals all over the place. It's, it's a pretty good Imperial Stout. Got two bottles in the fridge, actually. But it's a big sister. So, well, Boris is is a is an oatmeal imperial stout. Doris is a double oatmeal imperial stout. Yes, Russian and, style, and it is at ten point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, Twenty seven point five degrees Play Doh, one one two OG. That's probably one point one two or. Was it eleven one one two OG? That's the um, 
It's the same as the yeah, last okay, one, actually. Yeah. This one just probably is drier. 70 IBUs. More hops. They, I think they make so. Is, do you see on the website any other ones? Like There's the Barrel Age Boris. There's the regular Boris. There's Taurus. There's Barrel Age Boris Royale, which right. is made in Canadian whiskey barrels. <laughs> Crown Royale barrels, huh? And I think that's it for the Boris versions that they have on their site. I thought there was like a triple or something. I thought there was a big brother to Doris, actually, but I'm not, I can't remember the name. A triple? Well, there may be. I haven't read through all the, I was just looking for things that looked like Boris. This thing pours. Oh, Hop Dam? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no. It has another O R I S or something. Or... Not, no, not here. Not that I see. Not Look at this thing. This thing pours like Dark Lord. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Yours doesn't have any head. Here, let me give you a little refresher so you get some of the dark brown. Huh? There you go. Yeah. But I mean, I haven't seen a beer like this since Dark Lord. Really, the head is like. Darker than most yeah. porters. <laughs> so SRMs, it's black. It's there's no highlights. This is black. The the color of the head, which is about a finger's worth, uh, with very very tiny bubbles and a few big ones, is just really really deep tan. Mm-hmm. Chocolate ice cream, actually. You know, it's the color of chocolate ice cream. The head. Mm. Boozy nose. Well, the only thing I'm detecting right now is carbon dioxide. So I'm not smelling too much CO2, per se. What I am smelling is kind of worrisome. It smells a little um, acetone You know, uh, hopefully, I am by a bottle of Doris that has, you know, uh, acetone, you know, like hot, boozy, you know, alcohol where it's all spoiled. But... Remember that it's, it, it's more strongly hopped, so you could be smelling hops. Okay, now that I smell it, I smell that... That super double stout, that sooty roast, you know, that that extra, you know, that's like the double French roast of stout. You know, you get that extra roasty roast, you know, that's what I'm smelling now. It's dry hopped and first word hopped. Yeah, we talked about first word hop, but, you know, you don't encounter it very often. This is where they... Um, Half hops in the kettle, and when the wort starts running off of the mash tun into the kettle, it sits in the hops before it gets up to boil. Um, if you remember, you probably do remember when we were on that bus trip out in Wyoming or Idaho. I think Idaho. Uh, we that sounds like a reverse Randall. It, well, it's Randall's. I mean, all the way at the serving. at the very end, well, and this is sort of at the very beginning. So it's, well, it's like I mean, you could go earlier. You could do mash hops, right? Um, but we asked um, Val. Remember Val? Um, not Kilmer. <laughs> Val Peacock. Yes. Um, from AB, their hop guy, about first word hopping, and the dude was convinced it was a waste of hops. He went through the chemistry and how like, there's no isomerization happens, and and a lot of other things, a lot more than I can relay right now. And he was convinced that first word hopping was a waste of hops. But then 
you you know what about those bohemian pilsners of first world hop and that's the only hops they add and it has a human, tremendous hop aroma when they don't add hops in the last 15 minutes of the boil it's one of those mysteries he was a brilliant guy very smart guy with a heck of a lot of education and a heck of a lot of know-how, but he, that doesn't mean he wasn't wrong. Yeah, you could definitely learn a lot from him. Yes. But did he know everything? He didn't know the bohemian brewing science of no. first word hopping, apparently. Yeah, but he knew about uh, triplet stages and about how uh, riboflavin can pick up ultraviolet light and turn that into skunkiness. So he knew a lot of chemistry. Tastes like a chocolate milkshake. It's very creamy. The fair amount of cocoa in there. Doesn't taste like a milkshake or I'm tasting that acetone. Are you? Mm-hmm. Well, that sucks. I didn't taste it. Either that or I'm oh, tasting. You know what? There it is. Yeah. Thor's the destroyer. I paid way too much for a bottle of beer spoiled with acetone. It happens. It does happen. But not to me, damn it. <laughs> Just goes to show you that you're probably not in the solipsistic world because why would you want to drink a beer with acetone? Go to the pre show to try to figure out what solipsistic means. Mm. You should know, people. Anyway. I never heard of it until Greg told me what it was in the pre show. Um. It's not horrible. It's not like all nail polish remover. No, it's, but, but and, it's and, there. And I'm still, I mean, I'm still kind of not entirely convinced that is that is just bad hopping. It's not just bad hopping that's giving you something that, that that's resembling acetone. No, I, I, it's it's getting a foothold. Maybe we should have drank this, you know, months ago. Well, but it was a double Russian imperial stout. It should yeah, have aged, right? Yeah. They should have better quality controls on their on their beer. And you would expect that from Hoppin' a Frog because they make some good stuff. Yeah. I walked in when they were finishing my bottle of pumpkin stout. And it, it is, you know, it's one of those small breweries. I mean, I, you've been to East End Brewing before, right? Imagine that with a bottling line. You know, it's in a, it's in a little... Manufactured light industrial warehouse, uh-huh. you know, it's one of those. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. It's, it's but it's one of those breweries. It's just like heavyweight was, you know. Actually, it it was stunning how much it reminded me of heavyweight brewing. Well, um, this is not really worth my sobriety. Let me no. tell you that much. All right, you want to grab another beer? Yeah, I think we should. Well, it's only fitting that we pick. A beer that we've been waiting to do. I've had this beer for five years mm-hmm. or more. And I paid sixteen fifty for it a long time ago. And the name, yes, the name couldn't be more fitting for tonight. This is Omageddon Funk House Ale with Britannomyces from Omegong Brewery. This beer was made when Brewing Beer with Brett was brand spanking new. <laughs> That's how old this beer is. And there goes the cork. I'm looking for Armageddon on their site. I don't see it. That's because they probably don't make it anymore. 
Now, this is a very interesting thing about that I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you brought this out because I had forgot that, that I read this story. Did you know that Amagang is making Game of Thrones beers? I did. <laughs> I saw that on beerpulse.com. Well, did you know, listener? I was speaking to the, oh, yes. you know, the royal listener. Did you know that Amagang is making Game of Thrones beers? They're starting with uh, a Belgian blonde ale. Well, look how clear that is. So I grabbed this beer from the fridge. And I picked it up and I twisted it to see if there was a date on it. And I noticed that the yeast on the bottom of the bottle, which was oh, about an eighth of an inch, almost over an eighth of an inch, maybe three sixteenths, started wisping up. You know, I'm like, oh, I should be careful. So I've been gentle with it, but... The first glasses we got poured are crystal clear. Look at this thing. It looks pilsner. Yeah. Super duper clear. It's been in my fridge for probably six months, and it's been in the cellar for the last, you know, 2007 four and a half years. Is the, is the uh, oh, you see June 2007, it? it says they're right there on, on the top label. Oh, okay. There. So 20 out seven. It's I was been right. A while. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. Five so, and a half. But I want to talk about th- this Game of Thrones beer for a second in terms of beer news because I think it's interesting. Because they could have just, if they wanted to make a Game of Thrones, they could have just partnered with AB InBev, right? They could have done something like that mm-hmm. or, or something. But they went to Amagang. Yeah. So they're obviously trying to make some, uh, so, some decent to good beers from this franchise. I am a Game of Thrones fan. I started with the TV show. I just actually finished reading today. I just finished reading the first book. I've seen the first two seasons, but I, I just finished reading the first book. There's a lot of uh, wine and ales going on in the, okay. in the in the show itself. So it, it's sort of it, it's a natural fit. None of them are, as far as I know, blonde ales, which is the first one, but. I'm curious, and I think what we should do, if we can, is do a Game of Thrones show when they release all of them. But they're going to be released one, like, a season. Like, so I mean, we can save them, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if it's a Blondale, a person's a Blondale, it's not going to age for four and a half years to get to the third one. Mm, maybe you're right. But they won't. it won't start being available until March 2013 anyway. Right. So... We'll see what happens. I definitely want to try it. But back to the Armageddon. Now, this being a a five-year-old beer, you're not likely to see at least this vintage on the shelf. No. It says on on the label... It says, cellar six months for maximum enjoyment of Rebonaisi's funkiness. Cellar up to two years. This has been cellared for five. Five five and a half. Five and a half. And it also says, there's a quote here from... And remember, don't wait for the last judgment. It happens every day. Well, we waited for the last judgment. (laughs) We did. We did get it. We did. Oh, the smell on it. It is bready, but it's kind of... Yeah, that's Brett. That is, but there's there's it's, it has a, a very wheat, you know, lots of wheat aroma, lemongrass. Lemon yeah. yeah, it's it smells pretty good. 
Hmm. And it's dry hopped. They say that on their thing. On their label. The thing, you know, the paper thing. They <laughs> dry, put on hop, the dry hop from five and a half years ago is not going to carry too much. Yow. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? It's It's got a lot of carbonation. It's a zingy. It's a zingy little bit of beer. And it has the... Uh, kind of chalkiness to it. I kind of expect that out of a Brett beer. Uh, the, there's going to be a little the, these these earthy kind of stone like tones, sort of chalky tones, and yeah, like like a, like a beer filtered through like you know filtered through a lot, a lot of limestone. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has a hard water type feel yeah. to it. Um, I'm thinking back to the last time we had this beer, and I believe we've done this on the show before. It was a lot more that leatheriness, and, and really mm. the leathery is not there. Mm. It's um, it's 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 aged well. Yes, very clean, um, very drinkable. A little a little tart, a little funk, but nothing too sour. Yeah, like, it's 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 actually, if it weren't so high in alcohol, at eight percent, it would be sort of a nice refresher. <laughs> Kind of a, mm-hmm. of a of a summertime refresher beer, but at eight percent, it's definitely not. It's certainly a serendipity. It's kind of I, I'm still I'm stoked that we pulled out Omageddon. Yes, the night before the Mayan apocalypse <laughs> or Armageddon. Hmm. I've had this for. Ever. It's just one of those. That's my, my people. Longtime listeners will know that my superpower, yes, is the willpower to keep beers in my cellar forever. Maybe sometimes too long. Yes, <laughs> but uh, this one is not too long. This one tastes. Now awesome. this one's this one's pretty pretty nice. I I think it's I, I think it's best that you that you saved it. Mm-hmm. Speaking little... of saving beers. Okay. We do have a special show coming up at some point when we gather the enough people for it. Yes, I need to set that up. I'm thinking we'll do it. Um, well, you talked about all your your travel and whatnot, so maybe the, like the week after New Year's. Yeah, so I have. We're doing the show on a Thursday to sort of accommodate my diet thing, so I can do this and still have five days between this and Christmas when I expect to sort of pig out. So this, I'm only doing a cheat. Meal, as opposed to a whole cheat day, cheat podcast. <laughs> yeah, a cheat podcast, a- and then waiting for the next Tuesday to come around for New Year's, mm-hmm. and then that weekend I expect to be out of town. Maybe not. It depends on uh, a family factor. But well, I mean, we could schedule for the following yeah. weekend, right? I was thinking, you know, we could have it. Find an establishment that we like, you know, invite the proprietor to be one of the members. That'd be nice. Have it there instead of, you know, trying to have like six or seven people here. Is Hart still at Piper's Pub? Hart still is at Piper's Pub. I bet we could do that. That'd be an option. Yeah, I'd like to have Hart and Drew in on. That would work. Like some other peeps. Maybe get uh, Scott in if he can. Yeah. Maybe Keith. 
I bet Keith would enjoy it. We only got a few slots here, naming, calling out people. So, I, you know, there's uh, probably be a couple slots for even, you know, listeners in the area that I don't yeah. personally know. You know, it would be good to share the wealth. We have Vertical Epic from 2003 to 2012. Right. Only missing the very first one. And uh, and everyone's missing the first one. And based on everyone, it, but uh, Greg Cook, yeah, is missing. The first if one. you if you listen to the the Saver Salon that that Greg Cook did, that I I was actually in that. You know, he said that they only had like two hundred cases of of it. If 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 that, mm-hmm. they did not make very much of that at all because they didn't know how big it was going to get. So it's it's not like you can find it. And if you did, it's it's way overpriced for what it is. And it's probably over it's over the hill. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do a, sh- a vertical epic tasting show. If you are in Pittsburgh and want to come, how do I word this? I uh, it'll be le- a lottery. If- let me know your interest. Yeah, uh, I will invite people that I'm not even friends with that are listeners of the show, but not everyone. Mm-hmm. I figure we're going to do a 22 ounce bottle. Divide that by the number of people. So I think six, maybe seven people would be a good number, because you only need two ounces right because there's there's nine beers nine beers yes yes nine to yes i think six or seven people is the number we want and we'll have a good time absolutely now do we bother recording it we'll probably try uh, yeah we'll... <laughs> it'll probably be a crappy recording like when we did the barley wine tasting <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do our best to record it it would be a shame not to yes and hope that it comes out as something reasonable. Right. Yeah, so hit us up on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, uh, if you're interested. And uh, I'll be as equitable as I can with invites. Indeed. Oh, I'm really digging the Omegaiden. It's a little bit of... Mm, a little bit of soapy character. That just comes with Brett. Soapy slash leathery. And it's just, it's something that you, you either like or you dislike. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. But I can see how that might turn somebody off. I don't want to give somebody the wrong, the wrong impression. This is This is something that we would wholeheartedly recommend to everybody. I think that there is still a swath of, of the population that isn't, ready for this beer or just won't like the flavors I would stick more with that limestone or hard water that you mentioned earlier than soapy Um, that's what I'm getting you know I'm getting a very some kind of stone type character you know that's like the big part of it Uh, I guess we can get to ranking here all right how even though I like the Omegan a lot I'm going to have to say that I like the Om the Inibu more. Mm. My best beer of the night is the Inibu Grand Reserve 17. Number two is Omageddon. Number three is the Sweet Evil. Weird thing about the Sweet Evil, we didn't talk about it, but I didn't really pick up any real Belgian character. It seems like the American yeast pretty much won out in that fermentation battle. Yeah, I think you're right there. And um, kind of a not applicable is the Doris the Destroyer. I'm still mad that I paid so much for nail polish remover. <laughs> it's 
Them's the breaks. Yeah, kid. you know what are you gonna do? It, it's you can't return it now. There's a rant for you. I had a thing we talked about a couple years ago about where have all the bad beers gone, right? Because so many brewers are making good beer now. Uh-huh. We did a couple beer clubs at work recently. I did a porter, a stout beer club, and a holiday beer beer club. And son of a gun. If those bad beers haven't come back. Really? I mean, even if it's packaging mistakes, which most of it is. Saranac's Caramel Porter. Remember how much we like that Caramel Porter? From Saranac? I think so. It's a, it's a sweet beer, but it had a really well done caramel uh, accent to it. Opened a bottle of it. Actually, Heather opened the bottle. I'm like, oh, oh get the Saranac. You really like that. And she made this face. I tasted it. And it was... It was, you know, half balsamic vinegar, half nail polish remover. Really? Yeah, a huge packaging or, you know, mistake on it. And then last night I opened up a Smutty Nose Winter Ale, and it was a gusher. And it was best by April, you know, so it was like brand new Smutty Nose Winter Ale, and it was all screwed up. And Magic Hat's um, Dark, whatever their stout is, that thing tasted all screwed up so yeah i've had some bad luck lately really bad luck lately with some packaging well i'm i'm sorry to hear that so i'm just ranting because i want to rant and i have a pulpit right here that you know breweries have gotten so good that we hardly ever came across crappy beers and now i got ripped off by doris the destroyer and then had those other three beers that were screwed up in the past two weeks I'm angry, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, you're right. going to have to. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> After all that, uh, I will... This is the second show in a row that I think we agree pretty much on the rankings. Uh, we agree completely on the rankings. In a brew, I'm a gang, sweet evil Doris. There's... The Doris just didn't, you know, it had... It, it was acetone. That had to be last... The the sweet evil was old, overly sweet. You know, it goes with the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Amigang was was nice and 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 fresh and and interesting. But not only is it just not as good as the as the Grand Reserve, but also it's you're not going to find it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, the 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 seventeen, the Grand Reserve seventeen. Is the Grand Reserve in normal production? Because this one was made last year, twenty eleven. It's it's still and on it their like it's, a, it's on their site. Okay, that means that it's probably out there. It's brewed since twenty seven. Yeah, it's kind of sort of made. <laughs> it's not on the shelves every day though. Probably no, but I bet you could find it. You bought it. I don't know about five months ago, four months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Very says cool. best before twelve twelve twenty sixteen, which means mm-hmm. that it's still in production. Sure. I got some I got some Unibrew beers that are best by 2021 though. So, you know, they have put long lives on some of their beers. The Coquelichos. Ooh, we should open one of those. I got a Coquelichos from like 5 years ago. <laughs> if you if you want to. That's not tonight. Okay. No. <laughs> That's the um I'd like to, but I know I shouldn't. It it's the cherry beer. And it's the cherry beer. It's like serve on ice or hot. Oh. So it's the one you actually heat up and drink it at, like, hot chocolate temperatures. Uh, have you, yeah, ever, you ever have a hot beer? No. I, I had the Coquelichos. We were down at Bocktown one night. 
Bucktown Beer and Grill with uh, Christella. What, what? And uh, yeah, we tried the Coco Chose. We did it on the rocks. And we did it heated up like hot cider. And um, interesting beer. So, okay. And the bottle, it was, it was way back in the day. We're like aging beer for a decade was still like, what? You know, it was like Dogfish was like the only one saying it. And Coco Chose was like, drink now or age till 2021. So I got two bottles back there in the cellar. My superpower at work of the Coquitos aging for me interview. So cool. we'll see those someday. Bam. Right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to us ramble for another 56 minutes and 26 If you get seconds. a chance to listen to this. Yeah, if the world doesn't end tomorrow uh, with meteors and fire and brimstone and and all that It's nastiness. already tomorrow like in Japan, so I think we're Things are okay. looking good. Things are looking good. Yeah. Look it up. Things are looking up. New long count calendar. Let's, let's, hey, you and I should plot out the next 5,100 years. Well, keep in mind that the, the Mayans didn't think about leap years and all that stuff. So this is, it, it's already passed. <laughs> like 15 days 50 ago. 50 years ago. 50 years ago, 50 really. Years I mean, this is 5,000 years right. they didn't think about leap years. So yeah, it's, it's, it's come and gone a while ago. But gotcha. that doesn't stop people from... <laughs> Craft Beer Radio was released under the Creative Commons license. Visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information. We have an email address, beer at craftbeerradio.com. We have Twitter, Twitter accounts. At Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. We're on Facebook and Google Plus as well. Hit us up. Contact us. Let us know how much you hate us or love us. And we'll see you again next time. Do you want to play some music here, or you just want to go out? Uh, boo boo choo choo, pa 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 pa, boo boo choo pa 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 pa, waka 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 waka.